welcome to StockTwits After Hours, where we provide a quick rundown of the day's market action from the folks at StockTwits, the largest community of investors in the universe. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to StockTwits After Hours. I'm your host, Riley Rosenberger, alongside head trader trading experts, Shake Prisby. Shake, today is Thursday, March 4th. It was another tough day for tech. The NASDAQ 100 ETF QQQ is now down nearly 10% from its all-time high. Meanwhile, energy was the only sector that closed higher. What do we see out of the market today? We've been talking about these cracks under the hood for the past couple weeks at this point. Tech has been awful, let us lower, and has been since the February 16th top, really. We're continuing to see growth stocks get slaughtered and value stocks show some relative strength. Tech is around 10% off highs, as you mentioned, while the S&P is only off 5%. We saw that strength in energy remain, but most sectors that were up in the morning got dragged down with the broad market. We saw some selling in the morning. We got a big bounce before noon, but then Fed Chair Jay Powell gripped the mic to talk about the state of the economy, whether or not they'll look to raise rates in the future, which he adamantly said they wouldn't in the near term, but that's when the sell-off really began to accelerate. So what does this acceleration of selling tell us about Powell's statement? One area you have to say Jerome Powell has excelled in the past is transparency. The Fed isn't looking to raise interest rates until the three mandates get hit, which are the labor market hitting maximum strength, inflation hitting 2%, and stabilizing above those levels. So with the labor market still in disarray, there's still significant ground to be made up before they begin raising rates. But treasuries continue to tick higher. The 30-year mortgage rate began ticking above 3% for the first time since last July. Now, these are still historically very low levels. But the Fed's been actively keeping borrowing costs down with their bond purchases. When Powell got a question on yields, he pretty much shook the question off by saying the moves were notable and caught his attention, but didn't mention any new twists in policy that could help curb the surge in yields. So the lack of transparency concerning the Fed's ammo here, in my opinion, is what led to the sell-off. The market wants to know the Fed has its back on yields, and Powell just didn't give us enough. So we saw the 10-year climb seven basis points while stocks sold off. Treasury yields seem like they're going to be the ongoing theme for the market in the near term on whether stocks continue to push lower or finally begin to bounce. DraftKings is back in the news today. The company partnered with the UFC, and Dana White commented, this is the most important deal we've ever done to increase engagement with our fans and reach new ones. So what are the details of DraftKings' latest deal? So DraftKings just making deals left and right lately, huh? So we just mentioned on yesterday's pod their partnership with Dish bringing live betting directly to millions of TV platforms across the nation. Today, they announced the UFC deal, which to me is astronomically bigger than the Dish deal. They've entered into a five-year deal with the UFC to be their exclusive daily fantasy and sportsbook provider in the U.S. and Canada. The deal is valued at $350 million in cash and marketing, and the murmurs are saying DraftKings paid in the low nine figures in cash. But this is one of the largest partnerships we've ever seen for an individual sport and gambling company. UFC has actually seen the largest growth percentage-wise in gambling over the past three years, so the market is quite robust. They believe they can utilize this partnership for data generation to know their consumers better and just overall have more offerings suited to their desires. So another big move for DraftKings here. Costco reported earnings after the close. The company had a strong 2020 as the stock was up nearly 30%. But how did its most recent quarter come out? Costco's stock began killing it when the pandemic kicked off and continued to climb to all-time highs till late November of 2020. But since, the stock's been in a vicious downtrend, falling 20% from those highs in just a few months. These earnings were in line, but not too many fireworks. They saw e-commerce sales rise 75% year over year, but that stat's heavily skewed to the pandemic. We're seeing those numbers pretty much sector-wide in the big box retailers. So they slightly beat on revenue expectations, 
and slightly missed on the EPS side. Again, no fireworks in the numbers, but the company is definitely making positive strides in the PR space. Earlier this week, CEO Craig Jeselnik announced they're raising their minimum wage to 16 bucks an hour just weeks after competitor Walmart raised theirs to 15 bucks an hour. And they're putting forth, forth all these incentives for the workers to earn much more than that if they stay with the company. Each Costco employee receives two bonuses a year up to 4K, which effectively brings their average hourly wage up to 24 bucks a worker. 60% of the company has been working there five years at this point. So they're doing the right things internally. The earnings were pretty in line, meeting expectations, but the stock's been a dud. We'll see if you can recover on this report. All righty, Shake. Well, that's a wrap for the week. We'll keep an eye and see if tech continues to tumble tomorrow. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday after hours. Sounds good. Watch those jobs reports. You've been listening to Stock Twits After Hours. To learn more and subscribe today, visit StockTwits.com. All opinions expressed by the host and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of StockTwits or their affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a recommendation to buy or sell any security. The podcast is also not a research report and is not intended for the basis of any investment decision. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.